0: In golf, there's this, there's the same kind of place where you go from being a beginner and not knowing how to do it to actually knowing what to do. Right. And that place in golf is understanding that you have to hit down and hit the ground to make the golf ball go up.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford.
2: And I'm Peter Glasford. We have an exciting week this week. We have a really solid podcast, um, but we also have a big announcement. We've been asked to join the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network, um, which basically is a grouping of a bunch of really cool podcasts, mostly cycling-oriented, so we're sort of the, the new kid on the block. Um, with our our multi-sport consummate athlete twist, but we're really excited, some really good people on there, Um, and that's gonna give us support to do maybe some more episodes, to help us out with hosting, um, and just helping us out with making better podcasts for you guys. So we encourage you to go over there, check out the Wide Angle Podium website, which i believe is wideanglepodium.com they also have a facebook and a twitter that you can go and you can get updates on when our podcasts get released and when the other podcasts such as the slow ride and in the crosshairs which are two awesome cycling oriented ones and you might find that you really like sort of the twist they put it on there i know a few of our listeners have sort of come to podcasts through us and are starting to get their feet wet so you might find that you like having a couple of regular ones, that's definitely what Molly and I do, is you sort of, whatever you're into, you find the couple podcasts that you really like, and that way you get a couple, you know, a new one every day. Um, So yeah, so check out the Wide Angle Podium. We'll keep you guys posted on developments with that um, but hopefully it should mean a better podcast and by all means keep the suggestions coming.
1: But speaking of better podcasts today's with Jack Sassville is kind of a departure from what we've been doing. Uh, we know a lot of you listening are endurance athletes you're either cyclists or runners or triathletes so a lot of the stuff we've talked about and a lot of the experts we've talked to have sort of a direct uh correlation to what you're already doing so you probably picked up a few tips but it probably wasn't a totally new activity for you if you you know took anything away from them but today we actually sat down with jack and talked about what people need to know to get into golfing Uh, so peter have you have you ever gone golfing
2: yeah i've been a few times and i think having some hockey background has helped
1: Um... that's true you hit tiny balls or pucks with sticks basically the same thing
2: it's similar i mean i think and then also just the having happy gilmore sort of come out in my youth that helped with sort of that but yeah i've been on the course and gone to driving ranges and putting and stuff but i wouldn't not i would by no means call myself a, an expert
1: now have you ever felt uncomfortable in these places just sort of out of place and like you didn't know what you were doing
2: yeah, and definitely golfing is one of those sports where sort of the barriers to go and try it, whether that's at a driving range or actually, actually go to a course, are higher, right? It's uh, as Jack describes today, is you know, it's there's some rules about dress, there's some you know just codes of conduct on how you go around the course and stuff. So getting Jack to explain that to us, I think, is really helpful. So it's really interesting. I was worried it was going to get a little too convoluted into you know individual movements of the sport, but I think we have really good tips on how to get out, where to try things, what to look for, what to practice.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think what I like about it is for our endurance athlete audience, uh, Jack is sort of a, he's quite the consummate athlete himself. I think we're going to have to have him back on to talk about just his background in sport as he is currently about to retire as manager of Hardwood Hill Ski and Bike. So a lot of what he talks about with golf, he actually relates back to mountain biking, which is one of his other favorite sports. So for the endurance people out there, I think uh, having some of those cues makes it a little bit easier to yeah, understand. Yeah, really, really interesting
2: because Jack definitely does play, you know, he's a golf pro, but then he's also, you know, it was the national ski coach for cross country. And then he also rides in a couple different disciplines. You know, he's played around with cross and... TT and stuff so definitely he's able to draw which you know I definitely love those parallels between sports um, a lot of times how people get into them so for the fact that Jack draws a couple of parallels for us back to endurance sport will be a nice way for us to sort of sidestep and find this complimentary thing and I think that's, that's the big message is that Jack talks about you know how they were taking cross country skiers out you know for you know just as a group activity and the coaches were going just as conversation right and no one was getting dropped but they were able to be active and you know, move around, playing around, and be a little competitive still, but you know, just get a bit of a change. So, I think when we're looking at this consummate athlete lifestyle, I think this this addition of golf or playing around with golf might be something that you find is actually really, really a good complement to you know your strength training and endurance training that you're doing already.
1: Absolutely, and I mean that's what we were sort of hoping to get out of doing the podcast was sort of teasing out the little things you should know to try to get into other sports. We don't want you to just you know, stick with the sports that you know. We want everyone to branch out. I know that's what we're trying to do. So I think we're going to be heading to the driving range as soon as possible, which actually reminds me, you know, Ellicottville has a ton of golf courses and a lot of my family is going to be out golfing for, for the wedding oh, in a couple true. weeks. Yes. So hopefully, at least this way, my uncle can't make fun of you for carrying your golf clubs wrong.
2: That's right. The big tip that Jack leaves us with is how to carry the the golf bag so that you don't look like a noob yeah and you're gonna want to basically ready
1: yeah you're pretty much a golf pro all right
2: Uh, well i hope you guys get the same sort of excitement off of this and we'll maybe see you on the links uh if you have any comments or whatever uh definitely let us know via twitter or instagram or however you want to get a hold of us
1: absolutely all right enjoy the show
2: All right, so we're here with Jack Sassville um, for another episode of the Consummate Athlete Podcast. And Jack is someone who I've always thought of as a a consummate athlete. He's always doing different sports, not just in cycling, not just different disciplines in cycling. But Jack is on the mic announcing for different sports, whether that's cycling or skiing. Um, He has been national coach for cross-country skiing. He has been a golf pro, a ski pro. Um, he is just finishing off being the manager of Hardwood Hills, president and, president and general manager of Hardwood Ski and Bike here in uh, Barrie, Ontario. Um, this has been the site of Pan Am Games and multiple big ski events um, and just general good family uh, fun and high level training for many elite athletes. So Jack has been on all sides of the story, sort of I'm jealous of him or Uh, following in similar footsteps, trying to be on the media side and the management business side and then also the athletic side. So Jack is an awesome guy and today we're here mostly to talk about golf but i sure we'll get off track as both of us like to do. Um, So Jack thank you for being with us. could we maybe start here and we'll just get a brief as much as we can about just um you know where you're coming from you want to go start even just at the beginning so that we understand how you got to being golf pro but also here at hardwood i guess
0: yeah so i st- my dad was a golfer and so he put golf club in my hand when i was five years old a little guy and we had a field behind the house and i would whack the golf ball around and <clears throat> we moved a little bit later than that and we also had- I-, I lived right across the street from a school ground so there was lots of space to hit a golf ball and when I was younger that's where I played golf and when I was 10 or 11 years old I was playing golf out across the field there was houses our house was on the other side there was no houses on this side and four doors down from me was the golf pro at the local municipal golf course that's where he lived oh wow and I was hitting a ball parallel to the street and I hit this great big slice and went across and it hit his picture window (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of course. It didn't break it, but it hit it kind of right on the seam of the pitcher window. And his wife came out, saw me with a golf club. Later on that night, he came walking down the street and he said, uh, Jack, if you're really interested in golf, why don't you come down to the golf course? Come on down and, you know, I'll get you a job. You can pick balls on the driving range right. and you can, you know, you can clean clubs in the back shop. And he was my first boss. And, and so when I was 18... Uh, I, turned prof- I worked for him all the way through high school and when I was 18 and I graduated and I was in university, I, I turned professional. So, and I worked for him for four or five years, became a class A professional <coughs> uh, in 1976 or 77, so that was 69. Right. And I worked for him and then um, during the winter times I didn't know, I, I needed a job. I had a golf job in the summer and I needed a job in the winter. I was married at the time, and so I started teaching skiing is one of the things that I did. And that took over in 1977. I got offered a full-time job coaching the Manitoba Cross Country Ski Association. I did that. I left the golf business and didn't come, and and didn't touch a golf club from 1977 until 1987. Wow. And in 87, we were training for the 88 Olympics, and we were spending a lot of time in Canmore, and the three of us as coaches all realized that we'd all played golf, but we weren't anymore. (laughs) And we needed some stress release, so we would bring some golf clubs with us when we went to training camps, and or we'd go to the driving range and hit balls <coughs> and play some golf. And then some of the athletes started to get into it as well. And then in 92, when we were all retired, I needed a job, and I needed to do something with the rest of my life. And I had been a golf professional, and I rewrote my exam and got my card again. And okay. and I've been a golf professional since. That's awesome. awesome.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, a pretty cool way to get started. and Um, I think differentiating, I've always wondered, you you talk golf pro, so in golf, that means golf coach? So, so there are professional golfers, those are the people you see on the
0: tour playing for money, and there are golf professionals, and those are the guys, for the most part, who run the golf clubs. If you go to a golf club, there's a golf professional there, they're the experts on golf, they run the pro shop, they buy the clothing. They teach the lessons. They, they organize the tournaments. That's kind of what a golf professional does. They have to play to a certain level, but they're not professional golfers. Okay. So some of them, there's different streams. Some of them stream and become coaches. Those are the full-time instructors, and I did that for a while. <coughs> some of them stream and just become businessmen. They, they, run a, okay. they run a business. Some become general managers of golf clubs, which is, not, which is what I've also done, before I came here, I was, and it's not too dissimilar from being the general manager of Hardwood Ski and Bike. You right. You manage all the areas of the operation as a, basically, as a businessman. and So that's how that works, and, and then the other stream, of course, is every, all of us wanted to be professional golfers. Sure. Most, you know, most of us didn't have the talent, ability, work ethic, whatever it took to be that good at the top of the pyramid, so okay. you slide over to the other end of it if you want to stay in the business.
2: Yeah, I think I always understood that on some level, but yeah, definitely, even when we asked about golf pros, like, in the general population, it's sometimes thought of as the same thing, right? Like, people would, a bunch of the people that got suggested were actually professional golfers, people who compete, so not necessarily what we were looking for. We don't need the super-skilled people, we need the people that have, you know, taught us. Teaching the super-skilled people. Yeah, or, no, not even the super-skilled people, right? Like, people just start teaching people how to start golfing is what we're curious about mostly, right? So... Um, with that in mind then, our idea today was to get into sort of someone going to golf for maybe the first time or, you know, tr- you, know you guys were going to get some of the athletes into it. You mentioned it in Canmore there, you know, what is the thing like, what do we need to know how to play golf in terms of like, what is the common misunderstanding going into it? Um, yeah, like, is there something that you can say like just going into it? what would be your piece of advice?
0: Well, the, the first common un- misunderstanding is everybody thinks it's easy because everybody's doing it, mm-hmm. and in fact, as a as a movement pattern, it's one of the most difficult movement patterns. It's around. very foreign because of the twist. There, at one point in time, I heard that there were 144 separate movement muscular movements in a golf swing. Mm-hmm. I believe A it. tennis serve is 90. You know, there's other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that people don't understand about it is there's actually fear in golf it's not the fear that you would have standing at the top of a steep drop-off mm-hmm. on your bicycle mm-hmm. it's not the same fear you'd have at the top of a double black diamond run and skiing the fear is hitting your golf ball in the woods in the water in the sand making a bad shot what will everybody think of me right yeah and so that fear is or or not fitting in or not knowing what to do where do i stand? if you're a beginner where do i stand how do i what do i move sure. Like, are people going to yell at me? You know, those people seem to be going so fast, and I don't think I can keep up. Yeah. So there's all of that internal thing. And the, Every sport is composed of the four elements of physical, technical, tactical, and, and mental skills. Right. All sports have those in various different degrees. Mm-hmm. Golf is primarily a technical sport that's run by your mental skills. Because that golf ball is there, you're not reacting to it coming to you. It's sitting there. You have to actually initiate the movement. Mm-hmm. And as you initiate that movement, all and end you have a very long club with a very small head and a very small ball that's a long way from you, and so it's very difficult mm-hmm. sport. But everybody thinks they can do it, <clears throat> so they just go out with, "Come on, we'll go out and, we'll, and and and." Yeah. So what ends up happening is nobody takes lessons. Mm-hmm. They yeah. start at it. They start whacking it. They have some kind of success in making contact with the golf ball. They. So they keep going and they like it. They get to a certain level and they don't get any better. Or they don't like it and they just stop because it's too hard. Right. It's it's not as easy as they thought it was going to be. And, and uh, that and the fact that they don't know how to deal with how to play golf. And so a beginner going out on a golf course will be very intimidated by everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. As I say, where do I stand? How fast do I go? You know, all of those things. And so when you're teaching beginners, you need to teach them as much about how to play golf, how, to, how it all works, yes. as to how to swing. Because once you're comfortable with how it all works, then you can relax a little bit and the golf swing will
2: work a little bit better. Right. I think that's a great answer. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, let's talk a bit about the context of the game. Um, you know, if we were going to go today, what would you say we have to have to show up at a golf club to, to go for, well, say we are going to play a half round, you know, we're going to do nine, nine holes. What do we need?
0: Well, you're going to need clubs. If you don't have your own clubs, you can rent them.
2: Okay.
0: You, you don't necessarily need all of the clubs. Mm-hmm. Right? Our full set of golf clubs is 14 clubs. Okay. You can. A lot of people, when they're beginning, will have a half set of clubs, where they have one or two woods, and a three, and a five, and a seven, and a nine iron, and a wedge, and a putter. And you need some golf balls, and you need some tees. Right. You don't need golf shoes some golf courses require that you dress a certain way sure so you'll need a collared shirt and a decent pair of Bermuda shorts or sure. khaki pants or something so like, like that like
2: summer biz cash type. yeah, yeah. And so oh. <laughs> you know
0: a, a municipal golf course or lower end they, you know there's not a, but most golf courses have a dress code so you'll need to do that, and you know... And you showing know,
2: up in that way might even make you feel more at ease, you know. Yeah, if
0: you're, if, if you're walking around and, and thinking to yourself, which one of these is not like the other, and it's me, yeah. <laughs> then you're thinking, geez, I don't feel
2: very comfortable. I don't it would be, you know, people go skiing in jeans, and you know that's the person who's yeah. a little new. Yeah, it's the same thing. If yeah. they
0: show up here and they're wearing jeans, yeah. and they're going to go for a mountain bike, yeah. or they're wearing jean shorts... You know, A, that they don't know what they're doing, and B, they're going to be very sore in about an hour. Seriously.
1: (laughs)
2: Um, But dressing the part, I think, you know, maybe in those analogies of biking or skiing, that's a little more, you know, this clothing maybe helps a little bit more, but I think if that's what people wear for the sport, that's important to know, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And and so there's different levels in golf. You have, I talk about municipal or public golf courses, and then you have semi-private golf courses, which have some members but allow public play, and then you have private golf courses, which... Only members can play with their guests, mm-hmm. and at every you know at the semi-private and the private level, there's definitely dress clothes at clubs. Okay. Over the last ten years, they've actually relaxed them quite a bit. It used, but in some clubs, in some of the upper end clubs, they've not relaxed them. There used to be that your socks had to be just below your knees, and <laughs> and you know there was like you couldn't wear a shorter sock. Like there was just it was bizarre sometimes. Yeah, I, and it's it's very pretentious, but. Golf was a sport that was originally done in Scotland by farmers whacking a rock around a field into a hole. It became an upper class snitty British thing. So on the and you know and and that's where all of these rules and and the dress codes came from.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, With the with the golf clubs though, if I'm if I'm out there and I'm um, you know hitting the ball. Which is the go-to golf club that I should just go for if I'm trying to yeah. pretend like I know what I'm doing? So
0: so I will go back up and, and, and say that one of the things I see all the time is that people who get golf clubs that don't fit. And if they don't fit, it's no, you, you can't make them work. Right. And so particularly with women, the golf club shaft has to be very soft. Where the... the, the the power comes from or the speed of the head comes from is from the shaft bending okay okay and it bends and and if you saw stop action really high Mm -hmm. you'll see that the shaft is almost bent in half and then it whips through and it's also it's also relatively heavy a man's club is so i see a lot of Women take men's clubs or cut down their husband cuts down the clubs for them and when they then they come to me with that I, I would say to the husband Do you really want your wife to play golf Because if you do <laughs> then, she, then if you give her those clubs she's not going to want to because they're too heavy mm-hmm. she can't the hands can't hold them and she's not going to hit the ball more than thirty yards mm-hmm. So you need the right club So when you tee off you have a driver right It's the big long wooden headed or the big headed club It's the hardest one to hit because it has the longest shaft. Mm-hmm. and but but having a longer shaft means it it has the potential of hitting the ball the furthest so when i would teach lessons to most people i would not you have them use the driver i would have them use the three wood which is a shorter shaft it gets the ball up in the air a little bit easier and it's easier for them to get going and then most of the time what would happen is that a beginner would just use like a five or a seven iron as they go down the fairway because they. Normally, the, the clubs are numbered differently because they have different lengths of shaft and, and a different angle on the face that allows the ball to go different distances. Right. For somebody like me, every one of the number differences is a 10 to 15-yard difference. So if I have a 150-yard shot, I know that that's my 7-iron. If it's 165, it's my 6-iron. For somebody's beginning, you hit them all the same distance. <laughs> so it sure. doesn't matter. When, when I, my son was 12 and I was taking him out, he would tee off with his three-wood. We called his driver Big Joy, the ball loser because it went everywhere. <laughs> and and then he would, I would take his bag and have my bag and I'd walk on the fairway and he'd just have his five iron and he'd just be whacking it down the fairway. Okay. So okay. I got close enough to, so the five iron would go too far and then he'd take one of the shorter right. clubs and he'd chip with it and then he'd get on the green and putt.
1: Okay, so when so, all else fails, yeah. five iron.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Some, something in the middle, a five iron or a seven iron because you're not going to hit it right. It, like there's no, you can't differentiate. There's just you no, yeah. you have no way of knowing any
2: different. Sure. Yeah. You just need to make contact and keep the ball moving. And there's,
0: there's the seven iron and the five iron has a shorter shaft, so it's easier to make contact. Right? Okay.
1: Speaking of the making contact, what is the key to doing that? Because I've gone to a driving range and like it's maybe one in five balls that I hit and not hit well.
0: So just, it, it, you're both teachers. and You're both instructors, and you understand fundamentals are the key to everything. <clears throat> and everything is fundamentals. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more than fundamentals. Everything else after exactly. that is is. And, and when you so the fundamentals in golf instruction are the proper grip, yeah. proper stance, the position of the ball in relation to your body, your alignment in relation to your target. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and rhythm. Okay, and the, having the right rhythm. Having said all of that, those that's the stuff that usually breaks all the time in better players that, you know you, you, grip, you need to change your stance of And if you go in and take a lesson, that's what your golf instructor is going to focus on. most fundamentals, grip mm-hmm. stance, posture, ball position, alignment and rhythm. But if you if you think of the golf swing as a wheel, okay and it turns. So it turns up and it turns back. That wheel has to have a hub that stays in the same place. Mm-hmm. And the spokes of the wheels can't, of the wheel can't change length. Right. Or else you're going to have a wheel that's going to wobble. Mm-hmm. Just you've all pan, you, you pancaked the wheel, you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? So if the hub is moving and the spoke is changing length, then you're not going to hit that golf ball. So the hub of the wheel is your spine, okay? And the top of your spine is your head. So you're really rotating around your spine. And if that spine moves, in any way the hub is now moving and it makes it that much harder to get that club back to where it started from the spoke of the wheel if you're right-handed is your left arm so if it bends now it's changed length the chances are you're not going to get it back you want to have as few moving parts as possible just like in your bike wheel so i want to so i i've taught thousands of lessons to beginners most of those lessons i have my hand on somebody's head (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and even now I'm teaching a, a very good player this is a, a guy who's going down on a scholarship in the United States to play golf this summer and I stood there with I didn't put my hand on his head but I put my club against his head
2: Yeah.
0: and just because he was his, his head was moving slightly now after the ball is struck and you go forward then your head is going to move but until that point in time
2: and it's it, the, looking it, the, down or where are your eyes? Yeah, so
0: everybody will tell you, you you lifted your head. You keep your head down. Nobody that who is a golf professional will ever say that. Okay. Okay, that's only your buddies. That's only somebody else who doesn't know what they're talking okay. about. Okay. Because the reality is, is that... Um, so you have to keep... The, and the reason why it moves is because you don't know it's not supposed to move. So I have people look in, In a mirror, look at glass, look at the shadow on the ground to see it and to feel what it feels like when it's not moving. But the reason why your head lifts or you look up is because you're trying to lift the ball off the ground. And Molly's done it twice sitting here. Nobody, people can't see it, but she said, when I play golf, and she's tried to, she's moved her hands like this to try to lift the ball in the air. And she's just doing, she doesn't know she's doing it, but that's the, this is the counterintuitive thing about golf. For this, if I want to hit the ball up in the air, I have to hit down. And I hit the ball, and then I hit the ground. Watch a golf tournament on television. Watch the players hit balls off the ground. And every time they hit the ball off the ground, you will see they take some dirt, which is called a divot, after they hit the ball. Every time. Right.
2: So and that, so after that, their initial drive, when they're on the tee, you're saying, especially the tee, then you'll see that. Uh, but
0: after the tee, but any other shot, which just hit off the ground, so he, 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 in order to get do that, there has to be a descending blow which hits the ball, and then the low point of the swing is actually two inches in front of the golf ball, and then it comes up. But people won't do that for a number of reasons. One is they're afraid of hurting themselves. If I hit the ground, this is going to hurt. The second thing is they want to make a mess. Like, mm-hmm. that I'm going to make a hole in the ground, and that, that's not very good. If I did that in my front yard, somebody would yell at me. Sure. But on the golf course, that's what you're supposed to do. And that downward blow creates backspin. And backspin is what causes the ball to lift. Okay. okay. And so Interesting.
2: Yeah, I would have thought it was more on the, so just past the dead center, bottom, or bottom dead center, yeah, was, I would have thought that was when you were sort of hitting yeah, it. Bigger, so,
0: so people will say, I didn't get under it. I'm trying, you don't have to get under it. You, you're actually, back in the day, it, before video games, there was a game called Tiddlywinks. I don't know if you ever played Tiddlywinks. And, a little... and, and, <laughs> with, and you pushed it down, and, the, and it flipped another one, and it flipped sure. backwards, and that's, a, that's what you're doing. Is you're yeah. pushing it down, and it's flipping backwards. Okay. And you're squeezing that golf ball against the face and the ground, and it's sliding up the face. The face has lines in it. Grooves yeah. and that creates backspin on a driver. You'll have backspin of 3,000 RPMs. Right. In an iron, you might have four or five thousand. That's what causes the ball to lift and to fly. And that, if you watch on tour- tournaments on TV, that's where you see the golf ball lands and it spins backwards. Mm-hmm. For sure. Just like when you shoot pool, if you want the cue ball to come backwards, you hit down on the bottom of it, mm-hmm. and it hits the other ball, and then it's it skews backwards. And that's how it works. So the the hardest thing to learn, if, if, you know, all my time in teaching beginners, I'll bet you I have less than five people who knew, who figured that out in the first lesson.
1: Okay.
2: Like just that whole the, the hitting down circular to make the stroke.
0: Up, hitting down to make it go up mm-hmm. and taking a divot. And I can, I can, I can see the faces of them because it's been so few people. And so if you go to the driving range and you just keep hitting balls off a tee, you'll never learn to do that. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to and and, and, right. a, and a a weak instructor will have people hit balls off the tee so they have some success and they get the ball in there but when they get out on the golf course and they try to play they can't do it because okay. you can't put it on a tee on the golf course it's not it's by the rules you have to hit it off the ground so you need to learn to ha- how to hit it off the ground so that's how come you scull it that's how come you top it that's how you whiff mm-hmm. it's and, and so that's that's the that's the point. When you can hit down to make the golf ball go up, that's the point when you stop being a beginner. Yeah. That that's that's the point where you can say to yourself, "I'm no longer a beginner." Right. But there's people who've been playing golf for thirty years who are still beginners. still missing the ball, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. who are still trying to do that mm-hmm. and kind of making their way around. That's a long answer to that, but no, that's perfect. I
2: think that's that's good. Do people you would still miss the ball? Like, you still see like that's I guess the mental component of the game is. Like a, a skilled person, would they miss the ball ever? No.
0: No, No, and, and so and they would a skilled person would never miss the ball, but they would mishit it all the time. Like slice it. Or so uh, Ben Hogan, who back in the fifties and sixties was the the best golfer of his era, would say in a in a tournament round he would hit three shots in a round out of seventy that he that he
2: liked that were probably the shots he wanted that the shot that he wanted
0: everything else was a slight miss and that's the problem with golf is that everything if you're a perfectionist i am teaching a perfectionist right now and it's very i need to get him to reframe all the time right because he hits a shot and it's not doesn't exactly perfect and it's not a good shot and i would say to him if you have a swing, you have a shot, go find the golf ball. That was okay. It yeah. ended up all right. Let's reframe that. That's not bad. Yeah. Right? It's not perfect, but it's not bad. But you know, if you're a perfectionist, I didn't do it perfect. Well, you don't do anything perfect. Oh no. You know, Hogan was a perfectionist, say, three times a day. Three times around.
2: I think he was on he has a book or a couple books on golf that are really good, just like, if, you, yeah, if fun, you want to coach people generally, I think are good books.
0: So, he wrote a book uh, called The Five Lessons Modern Fundamentals of Golf. I think that's and the one. And it's one of the seminal books in golf instruction yeah. that everybody refers to. <laughs> here's the interesting thing, is that while I agree there was a lot of great stuff in it, there was a lot of stuff there that really screwed people up. Sure. And Because here's what I know about golf is that golf professionals, good players, don't necessarily know what they're doing. hmm fair, always they're, true. They're playing by feel. They f- This is what it feels like, but they don't necessarily know what they're doing. The second thing about golf is because most of it's spent behind you, you can't see it. And so what you feel isn't necessarily real. Right. And so, to, and the other thing, as you know, as instructors, is trying to, trying to communicate what you feel to somebody else
2: mm-hmm. is incredibly difficult, and not always applicable when you have different body types, different and abilities, get them, them to goals. feel the same
0: thing. Mm-hmm. So he, H- Hogan felt, for instance, that when he came through, he put his elbow in front of his hip like this. Okay, that he—that's what he felt he was doing. Everybody in the world who's tried to do that has gotten in trouble.
2: And we're talking in the forward elbow? Or yeah, the so he's elbow? coming
0: through and he's sticking his back elbow okay. in front of his hip. In the reality is everybody has it. He had it beside him and everybody else did. But he, in the book he showed an illustration like this. So everybody's been trying to do this. And the ball's been going like that and nobody knows. And, and, it's like, right. and so if you tried to do that, you couldn't do it.
2: So that was like a cue that he would want to use, yeah he right? felt and like
0: he was getting that elbow to the extreme
2: you know for a lot of people it might even be a good cue if their elbows way too far back sure. to like try and put your elbow forward the right?
0: other thing is he fought a hook which is a ball for a right-hander good players hit hooks mm-hmm. bad players hit slices okay so he fought a hook so everything he did in his golf swing and he wrote in that book was to stop from hooking which is actually to create a slice. So, 90% of the people slice the ball, if they did the stuff that he said in that book, they'll never learn to not slice. Right. Okay, what's the difference?
1: What is a hook and what is a slice? Okay, so <laughs> if you're right handed
0: a hook, curves from right to left. Okay. And if a yeah, slice curves from left to right, um, the the hook goes further, right? It, it, okay. And so that's what a good player will hit a hook, and it it's actually a better swing, a slice, tends to be like a backhand in tennis. It kind of floats in the air and it doesn't go very far.
1: Oh, okay.
2: So that's... And hockey players would know slicing is sort of like just chopping the puck sort of thing. And it goes... Yeah, there's no power
0: I to
1: point it. Find out our American <laughs> listeners do not understand that either. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so you sort of okay. have an open club Yeah, heads, so a so hook, understand. a hook, if you're following tennis, a hook looks like uh, a forehand over, over, you know, it's got lots of spin on it and it's really hard, whereas a a slice looks like a backhand, which is cutting and it's floating through the air and it doesn't have a lot of power to it. Okay. Okay. and, And so most good players hit a hook or fight it and try not to hit it, and bad players hit a slice and fight it and try not to hit it.
2: I think that's good. Those are two good terms. Um, and you hear slice a lot, so I think that's good to get out of the and way. And yeah. so
0: the other thing you'll hear is fade and draw. Okay. And a fade is a small slice and a draw is a small hook. Okay. All right, so there's lots of terms in golf. I
1: was going to say, so yeah, what are what are a couple of others? I hear bogey all of the time. Yeah, so what, what is that?
0: So a whole, So each hole in a, on a golf course has, has, has been given a number which is called par. And that would be the score that a good player would get counting two putts on the hole. So it would take them two shots to get to the green and two putts if it's a par four. Three shots to get to the green and two putts for a par five. Oh, okay. One and two for a par three. There's only par threes, par fours, and par fives. Okay. Occasionally odd ball, ball golf courses might have a par six. And the, the, the par is generally based on the yardage of the hole. So up to a certain yardage, it's a par three. Between this yardage and that yardage, it's a par four. That yardage and that yardage, it's a par five.
1: Okay. And that will
0: depend also on the level of the player, male or female, the yardages are slightly different. So if you get par on the hole, it's a good score. If you get one less than par, it's called a birdie. Okay. If you get two less than par, it's called an eagle. If you get three less than par, which can only happen on par fives, it's a, called an albatross.
2: Okay.
0: A one more than par is a bogey. Oh, okay. Two more than par is a double bogey. Three more than par is a triple bogey. Four more than par is a quadruple bogey. Oh, well, they got really boring it. with the bogeys yeah, and then. But so then what <laughs> we'll, you know, then you'll get things like, if you have a seven in slang, we used to call that a hockey stick, and, and you know snowman. eight was a snowman, yeah. right? And, okay. and a nine was a Gordy howl
2: So as far as practicing, um, would you recommend going to you know, if again if it was just sort of us today and we wanted to get started, or would we better would we better go to a course or would we be better to go to a range or a putting, you know, a mini putt or like what?
0: Well I, so golf golf requires like anything else, repetition. And when you're riding your bicycle and you're going around a trail and you're pedaling, you're doing 60, 80 revs, 100 revs a minute. So and and you're going and so thus that's the repetitions that you're making, right? And you're so if you're learning how to pedal properly, you can, if if it's true as Nassau has said, that it takes 10,000 repetitions to break a bad habit, and another 10,000 repetitions to make a new habit permanent. Permanent being being able to do it when you're tired and not thinking about it, or under stress, then so twenty thousand repetitions in twenty thousand repetitions riding your bike, so you get to that rock garden and you go over and over and over and over and over and over again, and if you keep you know or there's a mistake you make, uh, like you don't separate your bike and your body, and 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 so you keep practicing and eventually it becomes something you can do without thinking. In golf, that those repetitions—a a bucket of balls is sixty balls. It's in a mile. Yeah. So in, you can take in a basket of balls and hit sixty balls in half an hour, three quarters of an hour. In order for you to hit sixty shots on a golf course, it takes you five hours. Right. Sure. So you're not getting the practice; isn't very good out on the golf course. You don't go to the, you shouldn't go on a golf course to learn to play golf. Okay. You should learn to play golf in a, at a range. You should theoretically take some lessons there's practice putting greens that's where you should learn to play to, to learn to swing to learn to putt to learn to chip those are all done off the golf course and on the golf course you'll learn how to play golf to take that so again I'll keep going back to, to riding because most of the people are listening to this are writing if, sure. if you want to if you want to learn how to do a, um, a skinny you don't do it 50 feet off the ground Sure, you go and you do it six inches off the ground, and you do it in a place where if you crash, you're not going to hurt yourself. And you go over and over and over again, you get some confidence, and then you right. move your way up. So, it's so imagine though that practicing on a driving range is like doing a skinny six inches off the ground, right on the ground. Then, you know, as on the golf course, it's like doing it. 20 feet off the ground with alligators underneath it, especially yeah. if, it's, if you're feeling uncomfortable. That skinny becomes all of a sudden a really right. hard thing to do.
2: Yeah, and I think that's a good analogy. Like you're, when you've got a, skin, you know, here at Hardwood, there's lots of little, you know, and wider skinnies and, you know, things to balance on and teeter trousers And the kids love them and they'll get, I always say they get a thousand reps in before we even start any sessions. Yeah. They've practiced. So I always try and get the adults doing that. But you can't do that on a trail, even here at Harder, where there are skinnies, to get turned around and get back onto the trail. And, you know, we have, you know, they so there's the putting green of skinnies and stuff here. So it makes sense to get that without, you know, any confines. We don't have to worry about hitting, you know, the, the you know, the building or the people <laughs> beside you or... Yeah, if you
0: hit a bad shot on the driving range, you pull another ball out and you hit it again. Right. The danger hmm. of that, though, is that when you get on the golf course, you don't get another golf ball. Hmm. So you have to learn... At some point in time when you're learning the game of golf, you have to learn to hit it to practice like you play. Which is and, and, and that's if you've been reading talent code or books like that which talk about deep practice or deliberate practice. Deep practice like just whacking golf ball one after the other after another is like a musician just playing songs. Or somebody riding just going and riding. Mm-hmm. And they miss a they miss a feature and they just keep going. Right. That's, you're not practicing anything you're teaching yourself how to do it you're, you're not getting any better
2: so just banging keys I guess would be the analogy with a right. musician and rather so than it, trying to play a song
0: well worse no rather than taking a little part of a passage that you Perfecting. can't do very it well yeah. and you keep doing it over and over right. and over and then you put it in the context and you add a little bit more and you make sure you do rather than just going and playing a melody with your friends just going and doing so it might actually be
2: the, early in this driving range experience you know Maybe not your first time at the range, but after you've taken all lessons up to start thinking about, you know, even just adding that little bit of even mental challenge of, like, pretend I have to, like, use this ball. Yeah. So and, it's and, not that's, off in the parking lot. It's that, not that's
0: down the road, right? Because right. it's hard to take that that driving range string, swing to the golf course. Standing on the first tee, there's the group behind you is waiting. Everybody's looking at you. The starters, there. you know, like, you're, they're the people that you, maybe you're going and you're playing with people you don't know I can tell you that I still get nervous.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I yeah. still do, and so being able to make a golf swing, do it properly with when you're nervous or when you're a little bit paranoid is quite is quite difficult. So, at some point in time, you need to do that. At the beginning, you just need to groove it. Right? You need to be able to to be able to just do it sure. and do it enough times so that you you can have some idea of what to do. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So as we get more advanced, I should be like sneaking up behind him on the driving range, like scaring <laughs> no. him every once No, in a while. because that's <laughs> not very good etiquette, and you shouldn't be doing that on the golf course either. Yeah, but I'll get him ready to be nervous. <laughs> how out.
2: much or how often do you recommend like your students who are wanting to not necessarily play golf, not like, you know, the young people going to university and stuff for it, but people who just want to get better recreation, how often, how frequent of practice are you recommending?
0: Well, you're never going to get any better at anything unless you practice, right? Mm-hmm. And so, normally, someone who comes for one lesson is the only people that will help is if that's a person who has been playing for a long time, and if something has gone wrong, and they want you to check to see what it is. Right. But one lessons mostly, most of the time, lessons are information. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, it's knowledge, uh-huh. you, you know, and You give that knowledge in the lesson in the first 5 or 10 minutes and the rest of the time is supervised practice. Right. You give the lesson, then you supervise the practice and and, and give feedback and so what the instructor then is doing is, yes, no, yes, no, you did it, no, you didn't do it, try it this way, do it a little bit differently, Mm -hmm. that's what it's about. Um, But there needs to be, you know, (laughs) back in the day when I played the trumpet when I was a kid, my trumpet Teacher would say to me every lesson doesn't sound like you practice this very much. <laughs> and, and you know, I'd have weekly lessons, and the song would sound the same because I hadn't practiced in between. Yeah. So there's no use going to a next lesson until you've practiced what you've learned in the one before. And if you have a good instructor, they're building the pyramid. They're starting with fundamentals and, and they're not giving you too much to think about at the beginning and saying, once you get this, then we can go to this. Mm-hmm. And then we can go to this. And then we can go to this. I'm not going to take you on radical until I know that you can that you can do that mm-hmm. piece. You're not doing a gap jump until I'm certain that you can can do it without, yes. without injury. And it's the same thing in golf. I'm not going to take you in... And teach you this part of it until you get that part of it. And that takes a long time and it takes a lot of repetition. What's worse is if you've tried to pick it up by yourself and you created your own bad habits. Because now i got to take and break the bad habit before I can make the new habit. I'd rush out like that have somebody happy, who's never people, done it you're before. You're talking
2: about like the Happy Gilmore swing. Yeah, so. Or whatever. Right? <laughs> Molly on. hasn't seen Happy Gilmore. Yeah, you so.
0: know, I, uh, yeah, but that's it. People have an idea of what they're supposed to do, but they really don't know what it's like. They don't know how to. You need do the do feedback,
2: it. right? And that's part yeah. of that deliberate practice you talk about um, as well, right? Is that you need that, that feedback at the right intervals, yeah. you know, with the right practice in between. And so you know, I
0: would say if you're planning to take a, a lesson once a week, then you should be practicing at least three times between mm-hmm. those lessons. Otherwise, you're wasting your time and money and the instructor's time because sure. when you get to that next lesson, you'll just be doing the same thing again. Sure. You'll just be. he's going to be. Because if he's good, he's going to say, well, I can't go to. B until you learn how to do A and you haven't learned how to do A yet. So all right, we're working on A Yeah, a. We're going to do
1: this for a while. <laughs> Makes sense. Um all right, so I'm just going to ask what is what is a what are a couple of keys to good putting? Like how am I actually sinking the ball if I've gotten <laughs> if I've gotten it close? <laughs> all right. So put, the
0: putting stroke is no different than the main stroke. Right? You you have to grip it You have to have the right stance. You have to have the right alignment. You have to have all those things. And you also have to stay still. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, so the only thing that should move in, I don't need to move my body to make the ball go from here to three feet away. Right. I don't need to use my wrists, which which is a multiplier of force, in order to make the ball go from here to three feet away. So when I putt, I just do that.
2: And it's straight arms too? Yeah, well, Ish. comfortable. Yeah,
0: Depends on how you want to do it. But I'm just basically have a pendulum going with my arms and shoulders, keeping the center still <clears throat> and understanding that there's... So that's the technical part of the stroke. You also have to deal with a couple of things. You have to deal with how hard do I hit it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you have to deal with what direction do I hit it because it's not flat. So I have to be able to read that green and understand, and that comes more from experience than anything else. Like that ball's gonna curve, and how much is it gonna curve will be depending upon the slope of that green, and sometimes there might be two or three slopes, and then I'm kind of making it up a little bit. And, and that's the hard and thing I, to and tell and people, too. Yeah, like, it'll it's, come over
2: time, once you've seen a thousand you know, of yeah, these I'm greens. On the yeah. ones that slope to the right, the ball I, goes to I, the right. I,
0: so I was a golf professional at King Valley, which is notorious for having some of the hardest greens in the world, and a big slope, and very fast. And I would take people out in pro-ams, and I would say, okay, where are you aiming this one? <clears throat> and They said, Well oh, I'm gonna aim it right there. I said, no, you're gonna aim it over there. Right. Well, how do you know that? Well, because I've had that putt before. Yeah. <laughs> and I can tell you that you need to aim 12 feet to the where you different from where you're aiming it. And they go, no way. I said, just trust me. Aim it, pretend the hole's over there, and the, they'll see the ball go like that, and they'll go, oh, my God. I <laughs> never even saw that. Yeah. But I wouldn't have seen it other I, as well. <clears throat> You'll hear on the, again, watch the golf broadcast on Sunday, and the, and, the, and, the, and the announcer will say, none of those guys are seeing that break. They're all going to miss it there. Everybody's missing it to the right because it's so, so subtle. <coughs> mm-hmm. Hitting the ball harder or further or shorter in, shouldn't be hitting it harder or softer. It should be a longer or a shorter swing. Mm-hmm. It should, the, swing the putting stroke should always be at the same tempo, mm-hmm. and if you want to hit it, the ball further, you take, it back, you take the club back further on the backswing, and then the, the through swing goes further forward. Mm-hmm. Hitting it is very hard to control. That that define th- motor actions that.
2: You mean like to use your
0: wrist? To <coughs> yeah, or to try to decide I'm just hit it harder or softer yep. is impossible to break. Right.
1: All right, I'm gonna crush you at mini golf <laughs> next time. That's really my goal. <laughs> just own mini golf. It's funny yeah. though. It sounds so much like talking about mountain biking with a. Uh, Reading the line because the yeah. beginner is going to see something and you're see, like, oh, it's
2: yeah, it's and knowing dismissed. how much to break and where you can corner and what the line is on something. Like, it's one of those things, like, you can show people it, but it's like that's one corner, and it's like, well, when you've seen, you know, like you say, 10,000 corners that are right hand corners with a root on them, then you get a pretty good idea. But rule, that's why um, you
0: pre ride it, right? Sure. So, if you're racing, you're going to go pre ride it. And you're going to ride it slowly first, to try to figure out the line, mm-hmm. and then at some point in time you're going to do a hot lap and you're going to see that that line may not be the same. Totally. When you're going really fast, it's a different line completely. And the other thing that happens, it certainly happens in, in cross, is... is the third time around that course it's not the same line as it was the first time around that that's course. what I mean yeah because so <laughs> the line has now changed and completely. that's the tough
2: thing for the beginner and the novice is that they haven't done those millions of reps of you know at race speed different speed you know they're not out every day doing you know riding a cross course or riding a mountain bike course where they get exposed to all that variability yeah. And so you're seeing a lot of stuff now, even rather than 10,000 hours, it's actually the variability that elite performers have in their training simply from the volume. Mm-hmm. So not the volume per se, but the variability that that provides them. They ride uphills, downhills, rain, snow, mm-hmm. whatever. Whereas people that don't have that time or interest don't get exposed to the variety. So mm-hmm. with golf, it's the same. If you're right on the course, you see the rain, you see the left-hand slope, the right-hand slope, the mm-hmm. you know sandy conditions, yeah. whatever. <coughs> and and... That's
0: when you go. So I say there's lines between being a beginner and good. And then there's a line between being good and being an expert. And that line is 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 being able to, to do whatever it is you're trying to do in various conditions. Mm-hmm. And the, and the conditions don't affect the quality of your performance. Like I would say, an expert, if, if it's muddy and you're, and you're racing cross, experts, well, they have to slow down like everybody else, but it doesn't affect their performance, very. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can ride in dry, they can ride in wet, they yep. can ride in sand, they can ride sure. in grass. doesn't matter what it is, they can ride in everything. That's what I would call an expert. Someone who's not an expert would say, and they hear it in golf all the time, oh, I, I don't like slow greens, I don't like fast greens, I don't like it when it's wet, the wind's blowing to me, right. like blah, 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 blah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, there's the guys or the, the people that are, you know, they're always on doing well they always do the point they always finish it whatever the 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 challenge is so we haven't talked a lot about the social like why are we playing golf i guess what do you see you know you talked early about you were national team coach out in camor for skiing but you the coaches decided they needed some you know social downtime away from the sport and you guys use golf for that um do you find that often being the thing like it's sort of a good social you know unlike other sports like cycling or skiing where
1: Hey, cycling is the new golf. Haven't it you read the is,
2: wall? It is, but it's, there's fitness. There's undeniably fitness and skill. Well,
0: the, one of the reasons why cycling is the new golf is particularly in road cycling. Not so much, mountain bikers are a little bit different. They don't come out in groups of 20 to go for a ride. You come out with your buddy, you come out in groups of threes or four. Yeah. And you're, well, you're one behind the other, and you're f- so focused on what you're doing, you're not really spending a lot of time talking. You might stop someplace and talk, but when you're riding, you're not yapping because if you do your next thing you know you're on your butt somewhere it's
2: funny i think that's another good example of uh, when you get those like really elite people because there is the conversation but you can't have in-depth conversations until everything else is so automatic that it's like driving down the street but, <coughs> so in in golf one of the things that
0: you can do is because it's four to five hours for a round, you have room for conversation mm-hmm. so people will do it in business to create relationships not not people don't do business on golf courses that's a dumb place to good, do it
2: good etiquette yeah. right
0: but yeah, what so you don't do sell
1: things you know Doing what you
0: do golf. is you create a relationship and then at the end of it you say well let's get together and we'll talk about what we can do together sure. or all those right kinds. you can learn an amazing amount about somebody's personality in golf on a golf course right you can tell who is the hot tempered one who is the one that will shave the edges a little bit and and not necessarily follow the rules completely. Mm-hmm. The one who will do anything to win and, and do like people's personalities come out in golf completely.
1: Seems like a really bad personality. But, but, the biggest, <laughs> but the
0: biggest thing is is that and I and I played a lot of programs, Is that if Peter, if you and I go so on the road, what's happening with all of white cycling and new golf on the road is that people can ride together to a certain extent. The strong riders can go up front. The weaker riders sure. can get in the pack and they can ride together. In in mountain bike, if you and I go and and we both want to do the same level of intensity, you and I are together for three minutes, five minutes, and then you're gone. Yeah. So, in golf, you could be someone who is a 36 handicap is going to shoot 130, and I can play as a golf professional, and we can play together at the same time, playing on the same golf course, socially getting along, all of those things happening, and we can have Three or four different people at three or four different levels of ability, still enjoying the right. that social aspect with with friends. Husbands and wives can play golf together, mm-hmm. whereas they couldn't necessarily ride together. If I wanted yeah. to go for a ride with my wife, we'd have to get a tandem because right. she's not keeping up, right? And or I'm going so slow that it's like, oh my god, yeah, this is like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is what a challenge this is, and it's no fun, right? They actually. As an aside, this is why I think, like, I'm a fan of e-bikes. Honestly.
1: We've said that too. We want to get one for me so that way I can still be pedaling at like the same it, level.
0: You know, even like if it's just
2: an e-assisted
0: bike where you're getting 20 to 50 more watts. Exactly. No, I want
2: like motor pacing
1: all the time. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. I just want to be able to ride at like the same exertion level as you, yeah. but yeah. I need the extra You don't feel like, like, like you're killing watts. yourself and
0: you don't feel like you're not getting anything
1: out of it. Exactly.
2: Yeah, I think there's potential there for sure. There's so so
0: going back to it, I think that that's the biggest thing is that we can all play golf How together. do you
2: do it? With, you know, again, in your example, the if I'm half as good as you, I do twice as many strokes. How, do you play two balls or no, like what no, do you do? No, everybody
0: plays their game. But the, the biggest thing is to understand is, that, there's a is that if we go and play, we will have a good day if we all know how to play the game properly. Okay, we won't have a good day if you don't know or one person doesn't know how to play the game. So what does that mean? It's about the etiquette and the rules. It's primarily about being ready to hit the ball when it's your turn, knowing where to stand on the tee. What, you know, go where to go when it's your turn to hit, when it's your turn to putt. Not, you know, all the etiquette that's on the putting green. Not standing on somebody's line. Not walking on it. All those things. If you know those things, then it doesn't matter how many strokes you take. Right. It doesn't matter because as long as you're ready to hit when it's your turn, it doesn't matter. Because then when I get to my ball and it's my turn to hit, I'm ready to hit, you go to your ball, you're ready to hit. I see so often that people come into the game and they're not ready. What drives, golf shouldn't take more than four hours to play around. round. Right. Like three and a half to four hours is all it should take. There are some golf courses that won't allow you to do that because there's so much room between greens and tees and if you're trying to walk, you can't do it. But if you play the game properly, you can shoot 150 and finish in four hours. My son, back when he was 12 years old, he was 92 for nine holes. That's what that's what he was shooting. Right. He was shooting double what normal somebody would play. And he and I would play nine holes in an hour and a half. Right. Mm-hmm. He just walk up to the ball, whack it, and get to the ball, whack it. When it was my turn, whack it. We got to the green. I taught him that we get to the green. I take the flag out. He puts in. I put in. He puts the flag in. We go to the next hole. And we just keep moving, and right. if and now even now he's in his 30s now, he's still plays really fast, and he he plays fast but he plays the way the game should be. So if mm-hmm. you if you know how to do that, you can get along with anybody on the golf course. Right. You know because people understand when you get that you know what you're doing, and you can see that immediately when somebody gets to the first tee. Mm -hmm. that they put their bag where they're supposed to, they're standing where they're supposed to, they're ready to go when it's their turn, they have their club in their hand, and you're not rushing. You never have to rush. You just be ready. Yep. Just be ready. So
1: how does someone find out where they're supposed to do, where the bag goes and where they stand? Well,
0: either through a lesson or playing golf with someone who... A friend, yeah. who who knows how to play the game properly and can teach you all of those things. Mm-hmm. Some of sometimes you learn the lesson by somebody slapping you in the back of the hand, like yeah, sure. Stop moving. Yeah. Like even the other day, I was playing with this this guy that I'm, this kid that I'm coaching, and his dad, who is I've taught for 15 years, <laughs> who you would think knew better. He's been playing golf for 20 years, and but the son said to the father, Dad, move your shadow. <sighs> Because it was in the way. And he just just wasn't aware that his shadow was in the wrong place. Right. And so he just moved his shadow. And that, and that's just those little things yeah. that that if you that want just to learn can, how to do yeah.
2: them. But like you say, rather if you do a round with a, a pro is a lesson or mm-hmm. going out with a group of people to sort of... But it, yeah. it sounds like keeping your head up and out of the way. You know, and just... Think about your ready. next shot while you're waiting. It's really ready golf. And you're right. It's thinking about
0: your next shot while you're waiting. Instead of being, you know, on mm-hmm. the phone doing, you know, like just stop already. You know, there are lots of people and I play with lots of businessmen who couldn't play golf if they didn't have their phones with them. Because they need to stay connected. Mm-hmm. So they'll be texting or they'll be on the phone. and and But me personally, my oh, phone's it off. Seems like
2: a good way to get away from it. It's that. off. Yeah.
0: It, it, it's not on when I'm working, just like when I'm riding here and I'm working, I have, would have a walkie-talkie, mm-hmm. so I could be in contact if somebody needed me, but my phone is off. I, it, it, that's the other value of, a, a, you know, golf to a certain extent is like mountain biking, in that when you get out there and you get totally consumed with what it is, everything else, all the other stresses you have are gone. Yeah. But when I go for a road ride, I can still think about all the problems I have in my life mm-hmm. it's but it's way harder to do that you, you got to pay attention on the mountain bike and if, if you if you're paying attention to your riding, you can't pay attention to something else. That's the same thing in golf when, when you're in no, the game the next step, you know next it's thing. like yeah. everything else falls away and you can just yeah. play and it becomes this little tranquil spot that's away from all the stresses of the rest of your life
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense
2: I think that's pretty yeah. good I think yeah that's a good I'm excited to go golfing now
1: <laughs> great another sport we can try yes mm-hmm.
2: golf is the king of sports by the way because it's played by kings no because
0: any everybody you think of all those professional athletes what do they do when they retire They go play golf well, that's they don't fair. you know you, when you retire as a mountain biker you're not going to go do gymnastics <laughs> you're not gonna go. You know, you're not going on the balance. I might inside. be the exception, but <laughs>
1: yeah, he might not be a good example.
0: I go
2: to gymnastics frequently now, but
0: so. But my point is, is that you know, it is a sport. You know, it, there is a physical component to golf, but there doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. So it's accessible to people who aren't necessarily physical. They can still get some exercise. I wear my GPS when I go when I walk on the golf course sure. and. I walk between 10 and 11 kilometers on a round of golf. So there is certainly something there. When I'm taking a cart, I've worn... The GPS is a little harder because it takes the cart too. But I figure it's 4 or 5 kilometers if you're walking and you have a cart. So there's still some exercise yeah. to uh, to an elite mountain biker or a skier, it's nothing. But it's but probably the type
2: of finish you actually need, right? Like I've really gotten into just walking in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, and honestly I think it's made my riding better just from doing that. So I think if you could also go and do some social golfing and do yeah. some, you know, the coordination and the technical and mental side of that, like, yeah. seems like a good uh, And that's what we compliment. did as cross-country
0: skiers, is that, you know, we the guys got into golf because A, it was, call it active rest, Sure. For lack of a better Walking. term. Yeah. Walking, they were moving, their blood was flowing. And B, you, you can, if you want to be, very competitive at it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a game, a match, you can play against somebody, you can put a couple of dollars in. And so if you're a competitive person, like our cross country skiers were, like you are, mm-hmm. then it gives you this a little bit of an outlet for the competitive juices and this is why professional athletes do it when they're done too because they want there's, there's this outlet for the competi- competitiveness that's innate in those kinds of people.
2: Yeah, I think it's a cool sport. I mean, like anything, you get to a certain point and you're like fighting for inches, right? Like half strokes or whatever, oh, yeah. but you can always get better, right? And it, 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 it Golf
0: is, because it's so, um, the tolerances and the room for error is so small, even at the highest level, if you Tiger Woods, who was probably the best golfer of his generation, won less than fifteen percent of the tournaments he ever went into, mm. so eighty five percent of the time he didn't win, and so the and but he was the best. Yeah, guys will go and have a career, and the guy that won the PGA Championship this week, as I I remember following him because I, when I, I was coaching a a guy on the PGA tour back in the in the late '80s and early '90s, uh, no earlier than that, Ashley Chinner and I remember. So this would be the early 2000s. So 2002, I was coaching Ashley, and I was following on the golf course. And this guy Jimmy Walker was playing with him, shot 77 to play really bad, missed the cut. And I thought that ah, guy okay, can play. He won the PGA, and he's only he's been on he was on tour for 15 years before he won a tournament. <coughs> 15 years that's crazy and then he's won five now in the last three years He's broke through at the age of 37 that's crazy It's just that's how tough that sport is and then next week like Head like back. so in the three other majors he missed the cut twice and finished 37th in the other one and now he wins that's how golf works yeah and then next week you're you're going it's so it's so difficult to stay at the top. If you get if you get in shape and you're you know you chances are you can go into an event and have a pretty good idea where you're going to finish pretty well. Every event now it might not you'll have you'll know what the range is. You're not necessarily going to know what exactly what it is. Right. I think Nino sure knows that he's going to be in the top three.
1: Yeah, he might have an idea.
0: <laughs> I think Nino, is, unless he has a mechanical, he has a pretty good idea that he's yeah. he's, he's going to finish in yeah, the yeah, and he two. would have
2: a minimum expectation where like yeah. it would have to be catastrophic. Yeah. You know, and Absalon like phoned in one of the last World Cups a few years ago, and he rode a dually, which at the time was a big you know it wasn't a very good dually for cross country racing, and I think he still like didn't even try on the start. You could tell. Somehow it was still like fifteenth or something, yeah. like two minutes down, but like very little. Like, and you could tell he was not at all in any trouble.
0: So. Yeah. So, but in golf, it's different. There's, you know, there's the tolerances are really small, and mm-hmm. and you know if you miss it by a, a one degree, you know, right. there it goes, it's off, right? But
2: they would have the same thing as you know Tiger Woods would be able to really not try and probably get, you know, whatever 10, 15 strokes below as normal.
0: Sure, easily. Yeah, without question. But you try not to do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun then. I think that's when the burnout happens, isn't it? When yeah. you don't have to try anymore? Well,
0: for, for me, I think what happened... Well, he's, he's out because of injuries and things like it, but it's more motivation. The, the interesting thing about being a professional golfer is, you know, physically, you can still play in your 50s. Right. And still play really well. Or 37
2: to win. Yeah. So, you know, these
0: guys that are playing in the senior tour in their 50s are still competitive... Almost with the top guys, and so because of that, uh, the they'll either quit because most of the time they quit because they made so much money and they just lose interest. Right? You just don't have the motivation to do the practice anymore. Right?
2: Cause you don't. You just and don't. Like you say, the tolerances are so small. Yeah. But you've, like, you've got to
0: keep doing. The, you got to keep practicing, and you got to keep working at it. And it's it is really repetitive. It's like anything else. You're just standing there hitting okay. golf balls. Hmm. And so most of the time, it's a motivation thing. It's to just don't have the commitment yeah. to be the best that they can be anymore and so they stop. Right. Because physically you can keep going.
2: But not on the razor's edge, right? No. Like not on that. No. You lose a one stroke, two strokes, like you say, you're not so, even in it.
0: So one stroke a nine over a four-round tournament is eight strokes, which is the difference between first and 50th. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. the difference between making a million and a half dollars and making thirty thousand sixty-five dollars <laughs> One of the questions you had on that list was, what what should I do to make people think that I know what I'm doing? What one move? Yes. Do you have
2: extra? I thought we had covered lots of stuff there, but so if the you one, have a, a snazzy it, the one trip. thing
0: is to learn how to carry the golf bag properly. Oh. Okay. Oh no way. So if you if you learn how to carry the golf bag properly, then if you're not carrying it properly, people know right away you don't know what you're doing. Okay. So the golf bags should be carried, not like a like a bag with arrows with the clubs at the back. It should be carried with the bag at the back, and and uh, it's over your shoulder. But the bags behind you, and the clubs are sitting here. To the side, yeah. Uh, So it's like three straps, then, right? Well, some of them have two straps. I have my golf bag in the car. If you want me to show you,
1: actually, yeah, that would be amazing. If if you have a photo of that,
0: because if if you walk up and you're not carrying, like you walk onto. Attending golf course and you're not carrying your no, golf bag. No, that's golf perfect. Golf like People are like, oh, yeah. So I mean, if you
2: just wear your BizCash and you show up and you carry the golf bag, well, you look like a prop. And you keep your head up and you don't stand in anyone's <laughs> way. There's a
0: little bit of reverse in it, too, because what'll happen is a little bit like uh, Fontana wearing baggies. Right. Sometimes it's cool not
1: to do it. Oh, oh, you have not to be good, though. Yeah, I feel but you have like. to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> everybody has to know you're good
2: before you can wear yeah, those baggies. I feel like you right? need to be the guy who's like making par <laughs> to do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, if you're listening to this, check the show notes for this picture. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, now part of the Wide Angle Podium Network, which we are, again, super stoked on. Um, As always, we would love to hear what you think about the podcast, and you can leave us notes in the comments over at consummateathlete.com. We would also love it if you'd pop over to iTunes and leave us a review And let us know how the podcast has helped your sporting career. Uh, I know we've been talking about heading to the driving range so we can get out on the course. And now that we know how to carry our golf bags properly, we won't look silly doing it. We probably will look silly, actually. Uh, Anyway, as always, tweet at us at Molly J. Herford and at Peter Glassford. And we will see you next time. Have a great week.